welcome to chapel. I'm Emma Brooks, a first year here. And our focus today is sharing our experiences from the Georgia service trip um, is over spring break. The trip was an inspiring and disturbing um, encounter with the immigration issues there. And we did a week of learning and service. We visited the Alterna community and we heard a lot of stories of people's struggles with the immigration issues. And um, it was an empowering experience for all of us and we're excited to share it with you all this morning. Uh, now, um, let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to experience your brokenheartedness for the world um, and the problems in our nation with immigration. Thank you for this time that we have now to tell of our experiences, and I pray that we all have open hearts and minds to the messages shared today. And now, as we go into worship, I pray that our thoughts would not be about the music, the notes, the pitch, but rather authentically and earnestly worshiping you. Amen. Blue hymnal to number 229. Um, 229, we'll be singing verses 1, 2, and 4. Please stand.
I'm Ricky. And I'm Maritza. And we're going to be talking about the Dreamwalkers. 1,500 miles from Miami, Florida to Washington, D.C. On foot through rain, sun, or snow, walking for a difference for equality and a higher education. <laughs> Would you make that trip? We're sitting here privileged getting a college education to build a career afterwards. But what if you were one of the dream walkers knowing one day that you cannot be sitting here anymore, that clear future of happiness like everyone else stripped away? Just think about that when you hear the stories of the, these four incredible students. Every one of them, Felipe, Juan, Carlos, and Gabby have a dream. The same dream me and you have. But they are making a difference by walking the distance to make an impact in the law. I had the privilege to talk to Felipe, who is from Brazil and has been here since the age of 14. He is smart, talented, and warm-hearted. I'll tell you part of his story. Um, he saw his mom work job after job to support him. She was a single mother, and they both were living in the slums. They were in danger constantly. But when his home was really not safe anymore, his mother decided to get him a better future. She sent him to the United States to protect him from the violence in Brazil. He saw how hard his mother worked, and he worked just like her. He worked in school getting the best grades to make his mother proud. He worked so hard every day making sure that he would get A's. That now he is ranked top 20 community college students in the United States. He's a student government president of Miami-Dade College. He wants to be a teacher because he believes education is the key to pull people out of poverty. Felipe told me at the beginning of the walk, Carlos would complain about little things and he'd get tired of it. So he said, you know what I hate? I hate that I can't be at school right now. I hate that families are being separated. I hate that I can't exercise my rights because I am undocumented. These words that I heard from Felipe hit me hard, but he changed the subject really quick which he told me, we think Carlos has three stomachs because he eats more than all three of us together. Uh, which was a quick switch from our previous conversation. But I learned a lot walking beside Felipe in our 10 mile walk, a walk that I'll never forget. Because even though Felipe was undocumented and was mistreated a lot, he was always cheerful, always had a smile on his face. Well, whenever we walked with the Dreamwalkers, I didn't really have the opportunity to talk to everyone, but I did get to talk to Juan. Um, Juan is actually the one right there at the front on the bottom picture on the left. Uh, Juan was born in Colombia, and he was brought here when he was young. Uh, he lived in Miami, and he went to school, and uh, uh, he was undocumented uh, up until, I think, last year when his stepmother helped him get residency. But before that, when he went to college, he had to pay four times the amount of all the other students just to take classes. Um, when we were walking, he told me about some of the experiences the Dreamwalkers had. Some of them were good and some of them were bad. Some of the good ones included entire churches coming out to walk with them. And um, also, they went to a, a rally against the KKK and were uh, highly supported there. But some of the bad experiences they had were people yelling out the windows to make them go, um, people yelling out windows, uh, flipping them off, or telling them all, go, all to go back to Mexico, which actually none of them are from. Um, though, um, one, of the, one of the stories that hit me the hardest 
was Juan told us that one time their RV ran into a ditch and a man stopped on a tractor to help them. And as they were sitting there, they started to talk about uh, what the Dreamwalkers were for. And as Juan told him that they were walking for immigration reform, the man's like, well, I can't talk to you guys anymore because I don't agree with it. And, sorry, hold on. Uh, it was really sad because Gabby, the girl, she, uh, she is undocumented and she's been in this country since she was a little girl. And she has absolutely no way to get residency through any means. And the man told her, well, since you've been in this country for a long time, why don't they just give you papers? Or at the very least, they can just give you a brand. And that was probably one of the saddest moments that I had on the trip because it's really, it's really, I don't know, demeaning for a human being to have a brand and just to say that to somebody who didn't choose to come to this country and is just stuck here is something that I find to be very bad. But on a happier note, that was the most exciting uh, activity we did on the trip and I really did enjoy it. Um, so, now we're gonna sing um, "Caminamos en la luz de Dios." It was a uh, it was a song we sang while we were walking with the Dreamwalkers uh, on the Monday. understand Spanish? That's good. Uh, later we're gonna switch up to English, so sing along. Caminemos a la luz de Dios. Caminemos a la luz de Hi, my name is Lizzie. And I'm Ben. 
Um, we're going to be talking about our experience with detention centers during our trip to Georgia. Um, before the trip, I didn't really know anything about detention centers. I didn't really know they existed. Um, I personally thought that if a person was arrested and they were undocumented, that they would automatically be deported. Um, however, that's not how it works. Um, many, if not all, undocumented immigrants are held in detention centers for periods of time before being sent back to their countries of origin. Um, one of the detention centers we visited was in Gainesville, Georgia. Um, here we, we participated in a silent protest vigil with the theme of dignity, not detention. Um, we heard from locals and others from the area about their views on detention centers. Um, most of them said that the detention centers were separating families and um, by taking parents away from their kids and vice versa. The best part of that experience was getting to walk around to the side of the detention center where the detainees were playing basketball. Although we were separated by a high security fence, we showed them that we were there with them in solidarity and with their families. And in that moment, we were united. It almost brought tears to my eyes to see them waving, jumping up and down to get a better view and yelling words of gratitude. This is definitely a moment I will always remember. Another center we visited was the Steward Detention Center. Here we actually got to meet with the detainees. Um, an organization called GLARE, which stands for Georgia Latino Alliance for Human Rights, set us up. Um, since most families of detainees are also undocumented, they are not able to visit with their, with their families. Um, GLARE helped set up visits like ours. Since only one person was allowed to visit with a detainee at a time, um, we had to like trick the system. We went in as pairs. One of us was the translator for the other. Um, we were taken through high security doors by a guard um, into the visiting room where there were six cubicles in a small cramped room. Um, we were separated by the detainees by a brick wall with windows and we communicated with them through a phone, which was kind of hard because there was two of us. Um, we were able to hear, we were all able to hear unique stories firsthand. Um, in my specific experience, um, I was Ben's translator, even though he speaks pretty good in Spanish. Um, so now he's gonna talk more about our visit with our detainee. We visited a man named Eliezer Rios. Um, he was pulled over because he had a back tail light out. Police arrested him because he was driving without a license. He served out his sentence for driving without a license in a county jail in South Carolina. After he served that sentence, immigration officials picked him up from the jail and took him to a detention center in South Carolina. He was then transferred with no warning to him or his family to the detention center where we visited him in Georgia. I want you to understand, these places are prisons. The Stewart Detention Center was built as a medium security prison before the company knew who would be held there. Well, Eliezer had been there a month and he had, no, he had had no visitors during that entire month. His family wasn't able to come all the way from South Carolina to Georgia just to visit him. However, his family did contact Glare, and we visited on their behalf. Eliezer was in a car crash before he was arrested, and it damaged his right arm. He needed to have surgery for an arm reconstruction and to fix nerve damage. All they could give him was painkillers. Even for this, he had to fill out four request forms before they gave him anything, and it took three days after he filled out the forms to get any sort of pill. He's worried that he'll permanently lose the use of his arm. At the point when we visited him, all he wanted was to get surgery. 
He wanted to be deported quickly so that he could get the surgery back in Mexico. He just didn't know how to ask to be deported. If you ask me, something is wrong with a system that takes away all human rights from immigrants. He wants to go back to Mexico, and yet we're still holding him here for an uncertain amount of time, something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, now Matt's gonna come up and talk about Alterna Community, which is the community that hosted us, and we spent most of our time there with them, so. Hello, um, I'm Matt, as Lizzie told you. I'm gonna open up with some scripture from Matthew 25. This is verses 34 through 35. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Our trip to Georgia was about experiencing these verses from Matthew. Um, there, were, there were many ways in which we uh, experienced these verses, but the most overt of them, I think, was our stay at Alterna. Now, this is a community of families living in solidarity with immigrants. They own a row of houses that are lined up along a street and they share, they share ownership of the houses. It's not a common purse community, but they build community intentionally by sharing uh, common meals throughout the week and by sharing prayer in the mornings. The founder, Anton Flores, hopes to have a common backyard sometime in the future, and we spent a day in service cutting down bushes that separated their backyards. Um, the, I'm missing a pointer. Is there a pointer up there? Oh, you got it. All right, this is the founder, Anton, and Ben in the background. Um, uh, Anton was on a tenure track at a university in Georgia uh, when he was called, he felt called, to live in solidarity with immigrants. And he left his job, as the, uh, the rich man in the, in the Gospels might have been called to leave his possessions, and he founded Alterna. And he wanted to be fully committed to living in solidarity with immigrants. That solidarity, that was a word that we heard a lot as we were in Georgia, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Immigration is a phenomenon which creates boundaries between people. It, it's an opportunity for boundaries to be put in place anyway, and as we went to Georgia, some of us experienced boundaries like language, and we experienced economic boundaries as well. And Alterna is about breaking down those boundaries by living in community with people. And I want to share another piece of scripture with you about breaking down boundaries. This is from Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily 
those who are being saved. Can I get the PowerPoint quick? I wanted to share with you one other experience that I had um, of, of witnessing the fellowship of believers in action at Alterna. Uh, Moises Santos and myself stayed with Familia Guzman. Uh, that's Enrique is the father, Miriam is the mother, America is the daughter, and Santi is the son. Um, and, and staying with this family, I had plenty of opportunity to experience boundaries. Uh, parents didn't speak English very much. There was a little bit going back and forth, and my Spanish is only what Don Dean was able to teach me in Spanish 102. And so there was definitely a communication boundary there. Uh, but another thing that was somewhat challenging is Santi. Um, he's a developmentally disabled child. I think he's five or six, but um, he's on the, the mental level of a, a three or four-year-old. And so it was, he's a, he's a beautiful person, and it was great to spend time with him, but it was challenging at the same time. But one of the most amazing things that I witnessed was one night, um, a, bunch, a bunch of us who were staying at other houses were encouraged to visit other families, and uh, some people came over to Familia Guzman's house, and uh, none of us speak, well, none of us American folks or gringos, maybe, speak very good English. And uh, so there was, there was a challenge to communicate with the parents. And as we were sitting there making small talk and what little Spanish that we knew and sort of awkwardly fighting our way through this conversation, a game of hide-and-seek picked up with Santi. And he had a little toy car, and he would take it from person to person, and we would hide it in our hands and then pass it off to the next person, and he would just be completely bewildered when it showed up in the other person's hand. And he was just overcome with joy. And this little tiny act of God's spirit was a way for us to transcend all of the boundaries that separated us. And that, for me, was the spirit of the fellowship of believers. That was God's spirit at work. And it was the spirit of Alterna. And that, I think, is what solidarity is. But solidarity isn't contained to Alterna, and we've had the opportunity to experience some other instances of solidarity, as Linnell will share with you about Oasis Catolica. I'm Linnell. I'm Oasis. Um, we're gonna tell you a little bit about what we did on the last day of our trip at a place called Oasis Catolica. Um, it's a little mission founded by three nuns in a very impoverished trailer park in Georgia. Um, I think there's about 90% or so of the population of that trailer park is Latino, and a lot of them are immigrants. Um, it was, I was just amazed by the poverty that I saw there personally. Um, but these three nuns, um, Margarita, Angela, and Maria, um, were um, just had this, um, I don't know, this energy that they, brought to the community and they were really, um, they lived in a, their own little trailer and they had their own little chapel in that trailer and they were really focused on just serving this community in whatever ways they could. Um, the main way they did that was through a tutoring center that they had set up for the children of the community. It was in, I think, two separate trailers and they showed us around that a little bit. We didn't get to see um, any of the tutoring actually in action there. It was during the school day at the time and so the kids were all off at school. but. Um, yeah, it was just really cool to like kind of see around the community and we got to serve in it too and Moises will tell you a little bit about that. Um, some of the services included um, giving out clothes, um, handing out uh, eggs, and clearing out space for 
children to play. Uh, actually, this service reminded me so much of uh, service day, um, uh, helping others because that's what we are, servant leaders. And while we watch this uh, families gather around, I, I reminded myself of my family as well. So, and the things that we have, the, the things that we own and what they can actually um, have physically, like um, go to the, or go to the store and buy their own things. Um, we handed out approximately uh, 3,000 eggs. There's about 100 families um, and approximately 30 eggs are given to them and if there's any extra, uh, they're given out to uh, families that have more family in, in there. Um, we also uh, got the chance to hear a story from um, Naomi, another uh, uh, immigrant uh, uh, woman. Um, she told um, her experience and what it was like to uh, come to the U.S. and actually help out uh, Sister Margarita. Um, and yeah, and we also um, wanted to let you know um, Sister Margarita wanted or is looking for any uh, volunteers to help out with the tutoring. And if you guys have any questions, um, just let us know. And now um, Lizzie and Boyana are gonna tell you a little bit more about ways that you can help the situation. I'm back. <laughs> I'm Boyana. Um, so if you are interested in getting involved more about um, with the DREAM Act, or the issue, we have a group here on campus called the Dreamers. Um, we work with advocating for the DREAM Act and other immigrant issues. Um, so if you're looking to get more involved with that, you can contact Yvette Fuentes or Javier Hernandez or myself. Um, we are planning a trip to go to Washington, D.C. on May 1st to support the Dreamwalkers when they arrive to Washington, D.C. So yeah, if you have any more questions, just contact one of us. Another way you can help is also by texting TRAIL to 30644. And by just texting that, that number, you'll get like updates from the Dreamwalkers and just the issues of immigration in general. And then another way you can help is also keep an open mind to this whole issue and inform yourself before making any standpoints on the issue of undocumented immigration. Um, getting involved in your community is another way you can help. and. Um, like some of the immigrants in Georgia told us, just showing an interest in this issue means a lot to them. So um, believe it or not, but just by showing to this chapel means a lot to them as well. So thank you so much for coming. And now um, Emma is gonna lead us into a closing prayer. Thanks. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Um, dear Jesus, I lift up the people that we met in Georgia. I pray for their security um, and that they might have a voice in our country. I also ask that may, they might have a feeling of welcome and acceptance here as they are foreigners. Um, lastly, I ask for the individuals here in Goshen that they may be filled with your spirit of love and leave today with a better understanding of the immigration situation. Thank you for your unconditional love and acceptance for us. Amen. Now we have one last song.